Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Welcome to the World Cricket Show, staggering on this week for yet another episode in spite of astronomical popular demand. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'm the man in the hot seat and tonight the part of Tony Kerr will be played by Tony Kerr. Difficult role, very complicated role actually. You've uh, a complex character that Tony Kerr. (laughs) You've gone for a a method approach haven't you? Yeah, I've I've spent the best part of of a few years. I don't want to give my age away. <laughs> it's a real closely guarded I've, I've secret. I've the best part of 14 years <laughs> practicing this role. I think I'm, I've just finally cracked it, though. Isn't it only recently that London correspondent Gordon McRae has changed his voicemail from the voicemail he had when he was about 12 years from old? his first mobile phone. Yeah. yeah. Where he says, I'm oh, you through to Gordon. I'm probably asleep or something. Yes, I'm probably asleep or in classes. You're like, probably in school. in trouble. <laughs> spotty little scrawny kid. Sp- <laughs> scrawny little weed as he was. <laughs> as he was back then. Not even worse. He'll be enjoying this. He listens to these, doesn't he? He loves this. Uh, How's it going this week, Tane? Yeah, it's not too bad, thanks, Adam. You said that with real enthusiasm in your voice. It's Tuesday and I'm tired already. (laughs) Brilliant. On the Tony Kerr tiredness scale, 1 to 10, whereabouts are you this week? 7, I would say. I mean, 1, I guess, is 10 hours sleep. No work to do for days. And I've just just woken up and having some breakfast, I guess. (laughs) That's 1, whereas 10 is probably like... I mean, flat. Ten is like Sunday night. Oh, well, good. Well, the listeners will be pleased to yeah. hear. No, I'm, I'm full of beans. That's, that's what, you know, maybe for new listeners this week, when you first turn on a podcast, you know, for the first time, the co-host is like, well, I'm just really tired. Really Brilliant. Just, just really encourages you this. to keep listening, doesn't it? Um, no, I'm full of energy, full of jokes. Yeah. Full of, full of spirit. Well, we'll all be looking forward to those. Yeah, yeah. Keep um, them. Spot them if you can. Uh, we turned out for Kobo Legends again last night. Tone, regular listeners will be aware that uh, me and Tony, after a long absence from the cricket field, have, have once again been playing cricket this season for a team in the Guernsey Evening League called the Kobo Legends. Uh, and the games are coming thick and fast at the moment. We had a game last night and we had one last Friday night too. Last night, you turned up late, which generated... Getting a bit of a reputation. A fair amount of banter from uh, the rest of the team, because you are swiftly developing a reputation for being late. (laughs) I've lost it again. I used to be very late, and then I regained some semblance of punctuality for a couple of years, but I've really lost it. Because you were late on Friday as well, and you picked me up on Friday, so I was late, so I got tired with the same (laughs) brush as being late. And then on uh, Tuesday, you were supposed to be picking me up. I don't know why I hadn't worked this out. Maybe I should pick you up. I blame myself to be honest uh, but I, I was just sat there waiting for you to pick me up once you got to about 15 minutes late I gave you a call no answer five minutes later you called me back sounding really frantic going mate can I just meet you there so I had to pelt it down <laughs> to the cricket field myself I got there just about in time but you were five minutes or so late trouble is as well there's like there's two cricket pitches at the field where we play 
And from where you park, you have to come across one to get to the other one where we play. So, like, we we were all stood around, 10 players there waiting for you. We could see you, like, pull in, select, like, shut the door, grab your kit and just kind of hair it across the field. But it just took you ages to get there. So you're receiving a lot of bantering off <laughs> in the time it took you to get there. And I think when you uh, when you did eventually turn up, your excuse was, sorry, I'm late. It's take- it just takes me a while to get out of the house. Yeah, I, mean, that's I don't know what my, that means, Tane. I have no idea the, what that means. The things that annoys me most about life is how long it takes me to get out of the house when I'm trying to go somewhere. What are you doing? Just like faffing no, around? I'm just trying to find stuff. I'm always <laughs> just constantly trying to lay my hands on what I need. You know, I get in the car and it's like, crap, I've forgotten that thing. Which thing? What things? Whatever things I need. What I things know. do you need just to go to cricket? Don't, I don't know. Things that I need for cricket. <laughs> you know, cricket equipment. I might be wrong, but I do have a sneaking suspicion that you might have only just woken no, up. I, I, truth be told, I was napping at that point. Uh, You're keeping wicket at the moment, though. Rolling back the years, because you used to keep wicket when you were... 12, 13, uh, but you haven't done it since then. But yeah, you've been you've been handed the gloves and you're rising to the challenge. No, you took a very impressive catch last night. Thanks for saying. Off a, a genuinely quick bowler. It's more fun keeping working now because when you're a kid, no one edges the ball. I think I caught like two, two, like two catches in like six years of keeping it. Yeah, but how school. many did you drop though? Well, that question. was it. It was two of two. <laughs> I swear kids don't edge cricket balls because there's no pace but they do now so they, all they get out is bold or caught yeah. in, the, like, in the outfield but I think when you're a kid bold must account for 95% of yeah. wickets but now I mean the edges are coming thick and fast it's six catches in two matches and you're gobbling them up gobbling them up oh, six bucket six. hands Kerr <laughs> we call you. he's a big unit Tony Kerr a big Big unit, and he's taking those Big catches. presents in the dressing room. I've leapfrogs you in the batting order. I, know, I don't quite know how that's happened. Well, I think it might just be because uh, our captain's a bit worried that I'm not getting anything to do. So, <laughs> well, so he's thing. pushing me up to number we, five in the order. I've basically had one, you know, one opportunity to show what I can do with the bat. That's not quite true, though. Is it? Ish. I don't know what made them think of us. You know, the the, the powers that be at Kobo Kobo Cricket Club. But, you know, we've been kind of like parachuted into quite a successful team. <laughs> yeah. Or we've been pieced together with some actual, uh, actually all right cricketers. Some quite good cricketers. And so we're winning, you know, we've, we've won all but one of our matches. But for some, we keep bowling first. We keep, we keep uh, even when we win the toss, we put the other opposition into bat, get them out, you know, fairly cheaply with a fairly comfortable target and then chase it down with, you know, with only a couple of wickets down. So Yeah, so like anyone you know batting five or lower in the order doesn't get a chance to bat i can tell you why that is it's because our captain is unbelievably competitive <laughs> he, he got hit for a six last night uh, and the ball landed just over the, the boundary but it was quite clearly over uh, and i was probably the closest person to it and at the end of the over he stormed up to me and went was that a six was it a six? because uh, he was convinced that the umpire had uh, got it wrong i did get a bat on uh, on friday though uh went in at number five and smashed a swashbuckling Seven not out. Uh, had to finish off a run chase. Again, it was a very comfortable run chase, but I did have no, to finish it off. Well. In fading light, you know, before I went out there, everyone was worried about the light. Is it getting too dark? Are we going to have to bring in Duckworth Lewis? I constructed a crude light meter out of a remote control and a, <laughs> of a bicycle lamp. But, you know, went out there, got the job done, saw it at home. You're very much getting a reputation for being the finisher <laughs> or the, the, the guy who's there with the finisher. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The guy at the other end who, when Michael Bevan's walking off, he's got, you know, Jason Gillespie's there with him. So, <laughs> so clapping Michael Bevan as he yeah. walks off. That's me. 
That's you. me. Important role, Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Someone does have to do it. You know, if you want to know know more, there's not much more to know. <laughs> How much but... more? Because you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a more detailed rundown of our antics. But yeah, get, get following Kobo Cricket Club, at Kobo Cricket Club on Twitter. Here are some of the things what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Uh, we'll be discussing the climax to England's one-day series with Australia and starting to look ahead to the test series with South Africa as well, which starts in just over a week. When you say starting to look ahead, is this the preview or no, is this, this the begi- This is like the pre-preview. This is the this is the pre the prequel to the preview. Uh, we'll be taking a quick trip around the world as well, and you've guessed it. There'll be some side notes too. So yeah, we'll be talking about all of that. What what else should we discuss? Should we discuss some of the things in the news? Maybe have you got any Higgs boson material planned for tonight? Uh, not a whole lot. No. Oh, here you go. Well, that's a massive disappointment. A massive dis- Boom. Bang. Yeah, that's good. That's that's it. Yeah, see you later. See you later, mate. England. On this part of the show, we talk about England. England's one-day series with Australia is, as we speak, Tony, lurching to a somewhat soggy end at Old Trafford. Uh, it's a rain-reduced game up in Manchester, but they are getting uh, some cricket in at the moment, at least, and Australia are 120 for seven after 30 overs. Uh, batting first so not looking too promising for them at the moment uh, and that follows of course uh, another big defeat for them up in Durham uh, when they were put into bat and uh, struggled to 200 for nine from their 50 overs with Steve Finn taking four for 37 uh, and England chased that down incredibly comfortably with eight wickets to spare half centuries for Bell and trot so yeah england really continuing the dominance that they uh that they began to establish in the first couple of games can you remember tone a more regulation england victory over australia uh than the one at chestler street on saturday it was a win by a massive margin and, and it never really looked in doubt that at any point right from the off like as soon as australia lost a couple of early wickets what did finn get two and two just from that moment on you knew england were going to win and they did. Yeah, it was very pleasant, wasn't it? It was very just pleasantly enjoyable from an England fan's perspective. Uh, I mean, we are getting used to it, though, aren't we now? It's been a while since the Aussies posed any sort of threat to England. Very comfortable series. Just the rain, you'd think, preventing England achieving the whitewash and the number one ranking. No, absolutely. Yeah, that, that kind of sounds like triumphalism, doesn't it? And, and, you know, people who aren't English might instinctively be like, oh, that's, you know, that's very arrogant. Um, and a lot of people do think of you as arrogant. <laughs> Um, but it's just objectively true, isn't it, that England have absolutely walloped Australia in this series, and they do just look much the better cricket team at the moment. You've got to wonder um, where Australia go from here, really. I mean, the, the, the Chesler Street match, they had conditions on their side. It was a good toss, wasn't it, to, to win? True, but the same was true um, in the, the first game of the series. Uh, very, very tough conditions that England were put into bat in. Uh, and they found a way to win from there and actually won relatively comfortably. When the positions were reversed, Australia just folded like hot laundry. <laughs> I'm imagining that now. Would you like to just curl up in some hot laundry? Yeah, I prefer cold laundry. Right? You, do, you do sort of cold look sheets, like that. Cold pressed sheets. Look like you're ready for your bed. <laughs> uh, a lot of podcasts still to go, though, yeah, isn't there? A lot of, yeah, a lot of talking to be done. <laughs> this podcast won't record itself, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> you wish that it would, though. But yeah, I mean, even the, you know, even the, the great Ravi Bapara has, has had a telling impact in this series, in spite of your criticism well he's he's taking wickets as well he's taken two wickets um in this game today so far um and james treadwell is playing as well and he's bagged two uh as well yeah if you're australia you've got to be slightly concerned if treadwell and bapara are running through <laughs> whatever the conditions well we said didn't we before the summer started you know the, the 
West Indies and Australia were due to due to come, uh, and they'd played each other in a one-day series just before. Both teams looked pretty, they kind of made each other look all right, I think, in the end, retrospectively. You know, they both looked like they might threaten, and then neither of them have really turned up, apart from apart from literally turning the up. The one thing they've done is turn up. <laughs> apart um, from literally turning up, they've... Beyond that, they've not They've done not really much. challenged, have they, at all? But I don't know whether maybe they are both all right one-day teams. I mean, West Indies are destroying New Zealand, who admittedly aren't very good um, in a one-day series back home at the moment. And if you look at West Indies on paper, they're extremely good. And I don't think Australia are that bad on paper either. It might just be that in English conditions, England are just much too good for anyone in the world. I mean, India got hammered. Um, India, who are, of course, the world champions, uh, got hammered in England um, in the one-day series Didn't, last yeah. summer. You know, I, I don't know whether Australia should be asking existential questions about their, their one-day side following this. They're just up against a very, very good team. You know, and, and so far this summer, every series that England have played since the West Indies Test Series has been billed as the real test. Um, the one-day series against West Indies. Oh, West Indies are going to be much better than they were in the Test Series. This is a real test. The 2020 game. Oh, well, this is West Indies' best format. This is going to be a real test for England. The Australia one-day series. This is the real test. You see where I'm going with this pretty much, don't you? I get the the theme here. Uh, And England have passed all of those tests with flying colours so far. They've passed them like they were a a GCSE exam in 2011 or 12. I don't know what that joke is, but you sort of see what I mean. GCSEs are getting easier, is my point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, England are playing, you know, England are winning matches very easily. Put the two together, you know, make your own gag there. Yeah. I've given you all the ingredients, just stir it up yourself. But yeah, so for England, it's really been full of positives so far this summer, but I think the biggest positive of all must surely be the form of Ian Bell, who of course was uh, recalled to the side uh, to replace the retiring Kevin Peterson. Uh, and there were big, big doubts over how he would do coming back into the ODI team, not least from um, this podcast. Um, but he's categorically silenced those doubts, I think, with 103 50s um, at an average of 72 so far this summer. So he's played really, really well and, and, you know, maybe gives England's top three a very settled look, wouldn't you say? Not a huge amount has been asked of him, really. The Australians haven't been posting enormous scores. Uh, England have won two of the two of the matches chasing. So it's been, you know, it maybe hasn't been pushed that far, it hasn't been asked to keep up with it at the kind of ridiculous rate from the get-go but yeah he's looked he's looked in great nick and it bodes well i mean once again this thing that we talked about before the real test is going to be how he gets on outside of england in these conditions he's a phenomenally good one day player but it does get very different when the outfields are slow and you've got to hit over the top in the power playovers etc but he can't do any more than than score runs this summer and that's what he's doing um kevin peterson did hint this week that he hasn't ruled out making a return to one day colours at some point hasn't taken him very long <laughs> to uh to, to begin to backtrack on his retirement um but he you know he said oh he's not ready yet but he's he's not it's not out of the question that he could play one day cricket again now some people have started saying oh do we even need kp you know bell's doing so well are england better off without peterson to me that's kind of nonsense really i mean i think bell has done incredibly well but that doesn't mean that england are better than they would be if peterson was also playing unless the team spirit is markedly better without peterson um, than it is with him which i'm not sure that it is because i don't think you could say that england's team spirit has been bad um with peterson in the team but unless that's the case and there's absolutely no doubt that england would be a better cricket team with kevin peterson in it than without him bell's doing really well but the addition of peterson would make this very good team even better have bell and peterson there's no reason why you can't have both it's a good thing that peterson's absence has given bell this chance and it's a chance that he's grasped but why not have both of them it's not a question that needs answering at the moment because Peterson is still unavailable. But if he did ever come back, I can't imagine that he wouldn't walk back into the team. 
Now, we said before this series that whatever happened, it wouldn't give us any indication whatsoever into how next year's Ashes will pan out. But on the other hand, Tone, does it? What indication does it give us? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Australia will be fearful, I think. They'll have to be. You know, they go into, they go into it much like England would have gone in uh, to an Ashes series maybe 10 years ago. I mean, uh, yeah, England's just routinely beating Australia now uh, at will, anytime they want. They'll invite them over for, a, for an ODI series and beat them. <laughs> it's very, very... Kind thrashing. of rude, really, isn't it? I mean, you, you invite someone around for a party and then just do a character assassination yeah. of them in front of all their peers. It's a bit harsh. It's not very uh, nice. England will obviously go in favourite, go into that favourites. Well, there's a lot of cricket to be played between now and then, and if England's test form completely falls off, suppose they lose to South Africa, lose in India, which neither of which are impossible, um, then things might change. But I think from the perspective of Australia's psychology, this must have an impact this series because, you know, at the end of, of last year's Ashes, you know, Australia seemed to be at rock bottom and, you know, had there been another Ashes series a few months later, obviously England would have been massive favourites. But you felt that maybe Australia felt that they'd turned a corner, that their results were improving. They thrashed India at home. Uh, they felt they'd got these new guys in the team who were showing a lot of promise and that they maybe thought that, that yeah, that, that the Ashes were there for the taking again. Now, obviously, their their test team is going to be different, but they've kind of been knocked off their stride a bit here. Guys like Warner and Wade and Pattinson, who maybe Australia were pinning their hopes on a bit, their first taste of cricket in England has been not a very good one. Uh, and that surely has to have an impact. It has to play on their minds a little bit when they come back here next year. They're going to be afraid of, of England's bowling attack as well, aren't they? Because Finn and Anderson and Broad and Bresnan have just torn through them in this series and, and Graham Swan as well in those first two games they just could not get him away yeah I mean they're gonna have a lot more to think about than simply what movie to watch on the flight back aren't they <laughs> there's a lot there's gonna be a lot of stuff going through their minds need more than one movie on the flight to Australia though mate surely not is it you me. that doesn't like watching movies yeah, on planes like it, it. isn't it yeah you, why because right, I've got high standards what do you mean you've got what does that mean you've what got high standards I don't standards? want to watch a movie on uh, you know, a six inch screen with an awful picture quality awful sound Right, so this is your point, that you don't want to watch a movie on a tiny screen because the quality's not good enough. Right, I can see your point, but if I said to you now, oh, do you want to come over to my house and we'll watch a movie on a six-inch screen? Obviously no, <laughs> but you've got no choice. You've got that, you're on a plane anyway, so why not watch a movie rather than not watch a movie? What are you doing? You don't even read books, so what are you doing? Stuff to do. Read a magazine, listen to music, sleep. Eat. That's, 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 that's what else you need. But on a flight to Australia, which is what, 24 hours, which you did recently, yeah. what did you do? You, you kind of read a magazine for 24 hours. I slept, ate. I wish you'd do <laughs> either of those things before coming to the podcast. I did actually watch a movie on my iPad uh, on the return journey. Didn't get around to watching it on the way out. Didn't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> You're so busy. Yeah. Were you nice. trying to break David Boone's pint <laughs> yeah. record? I didn't attempt that, unfortunately. Next time, we'll see. I'll try and watch a movie next time and see what happens. Right, it'll be a good... See if I get through it. I'll make a cracking documentary there. <laughs> I like watching the map with the plane that flies over it. <laughs> Hours of entertainment. Hours of entertainment, just watch it, because it flicks around, so, you know, projections. You know, sometimes on that map, if you're, if you're flying into or out of Europe, they, they give you little place names, just random place names. Yeah. say Moscow, Berlin, London. St. Peter Port Guernsey comes up yeah, every once in a while. that's great. A little chair comes up. <laughs> yeah, stand up. Yes, come on. <laughs> Recognition. <laughs> so, yeah, so Australia are going to be uh, quite fearful, I think, of, of the English attack over the next year. There's going to be a few sleepless nights. And Steve Finn in particular has been absolutely terrific. Again, four wickets in Durham. He's been brilliant all series, quick and hostile. 
As a limited overs bowler, there are few better in the world at the moment, I don't think. When he only has to bowl 10 overs, he can really give it his all. He gets the ball up above 90 miles an hour. Must be a pretty scary bowler to face, I would have thought. And he's getting better all the time. You know, he's delivering the ball from a real height at a real pace. I'd be backing off. Can England afford to leave Finn out of the test side for the South Africa series, do you think? Is he becoming too good to leave out? There's an argument that says that, but I'd probably go, I'd probably go into the first test without him, maybe. Why is that? No, I don't, I, it's a really difficult one. It is. I mean, it's a nightmare for the selectors. A good nightmare, as the cliche would go. It's a nice, nice kind of problem to have. That is what they say. It's a nice problem to have. It's still a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is a nice problem, but it is a problem. The key word is problem. <laughs> yeah, that's the um, kind of... I don't know how, how you get him into this team. You know, I would like to see him in the team, but I just don't think you can leave out Anderson or Broaden. I don't think you can leave out Bresnan either, who is also a world-class bowler, adds depth to the batting, has been brilliant every time he's, he's played for England. The only test match he's played in that he's not won was the rain-affected draw uh, at Edgebaston against the West Indies. I, I just don't think you can leave him out, so I don't see how you get Finn into this team. And as well, I think you know he, he has played a test match this summer, which was that Edgebaston game. Um, only bowled in one innings, of course, but he did well, but he wasn't sensational. You know, Graham Onions out-bowled him in that, in that match. Maybe it is the case that he's a better limited overs bowler than he is a test bowler, right at this moment anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of limited overs cricket to be played, so he's not going to be short of stuff to do, is he, for the rest of the year? And he's not going to be short of stuff to do for the rest of his career, because I think at some point he's going to force his way into the team and he's going to be in there for a long time. He is still very young. A few years ago, he'd have probably been the first name on the team sheet for England, but at the moment they've got a world-class pace trio and it's just unfortunate for him that he's, he's the one that has to, to sit out. Looking ahead to that South Africa series, uh, we're going to do a full preview uh, on next week's show, but the excitement is building. Um, it really is shaping up to be to be quite a clash, to be a titanic clash. England are going to be feeling pretty confident in their cricket at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, again, they'll go into it probably expecting to win. I mean, excitement tempered by the excitement of the Olympics, I'd say, can overshadow it slightly. Possibly, yeah. But, uh, you know, that second test, slap bang in the middle of the Olympics. Is it just the second test that's... I think so, yeah. Well, the uh, first test... Starts July 19, second test August 2, third test August 16. So, okay, so yeah. yeah, it is just the second game. Although that third test overshadowed by the start of the Premier League season slightly. No, but, I mean, it's, it's going to be a great occasion if the weather doesn't get, get too uppity again. You wouldn't necessarily bet against there being three washouts at the <laughs> no, moment, not would the you? way things are going. Yeah, I mean, England are on a real roll, aren't they? Um, Graham Swan's elbow injury is a little bit of a worry. Because apparently that is quite a long-standing problem that he's, you know, he's had surgery at various times and he is just sort of living with pain. But hopefully he'll he'll be fit. Um, but aside from that, all of the bowlers are fit and very much in form. The batsmen seem to be firing too. Ravi Bapara, as you mentioned, is in the runs and he looks almost certain to be recalled at number six. I would have thought Johnny Bairstow is a man in possession, but didn't do anything against West Indies. Hasn't had an opportunity in the limited overs games and Bapara has been doing really well. So I'd imagine that he'll come in. I've got concerns about that. I mean, that. you'd say it's set up perfectly for Papara to fail, isn't it? And then be dropped again. No, absolutely. I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily assume that he's going to transfer this form into the test arena. But as you've pointed out before, he's going to be picked anyway. So it's probably better that he's scoring runs coming into the game than that he's not. How excited are you about the series on a scale of one to seven? Six? Five? Five and a half, I'd say. 5.5. 5. I mean, an Ashes series would be a seven. Out of seven, yeah, of that arbitrary seven, <laughs> yeah, South Africa's up there, isn't it? It's a five or a six for sure. Uh, the, the fact it's a three test series, uh, means it has a point knocked off by myself. 
in the excitement stakes. So. Yeah, that is really annoying, isn't it? It's a real shame. You want it five, but, e- but even four would be much better. <laughs> yeah, okay, and ask. it's like The Apprentice. Yeah, we'd go in wanting five. We'd settle for four, but we've come away with three. Three's a slap in the face. Yeah, three's, threes. You don't want to go back to Alan Sugar and say, look, we've got a three test through. Three? What the bloody hell are you playing at? I'm going to have a word with Nick and Karen. I'd love that, though. They'd be like, Nick, what were the results for the World Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market cricket show uh well they did rather they did rather worse than, than was expected uh they've gone off with a three test series who are you bringing back in with you adam well i'm gonna have to bring back tony yeah, I mean, gonna have to i don't really know what we're talking about no, we're just riffing aren't we? but, uh, yeah, i mean having complained well not complained but having kind of grumbled a bit about the lack of england playing cricket for a while uh they really now don't stop pretty much until way beyond christmas way beyond christmas in fact no it's just going on and on now I way mean, beyond this... I mean, they don't have a break now basically till march yes but even then i mean this is why the whole rotation thing is such a talking point and why i think the journalists who are against it are not looking at the schedule because um they've had a very busy summer so far i've got south africa um then the world 2020 then going to india for a long tour then going to New Zealand, then there's a little break there. But I mean, what well, they finish in March that series, and they finish. Uh, they play three tests in New Zealand, finishing on the 26th of March, and then they've got. Then they restart again against New Zealand on May 16. Exactly. So it's really it's only a sort of six week break there. Then they got a New Zealand series, then the Ashes, then the Ashes again. So I mean, you're looking at the best part of two years now, <laughs> where they've basically got no break, um, which is great from a you know a spectator's point of view. Um, particularly because a lot of those series are big series that should be very exciting. But for the players, it's it's a real treadmill, isn't it? But but yet we're annoyed that there's not more tests in this <laughs> South <laughs> yeah. Africa series. Greedy, aren't we? Around the world now, on this part of the show, we talk about things that have been happening around the world. Now, international cricket lost two long-serving wicketkeeper batsmen this week, both Tatenda Taibu of Zimbabwe and Mark Boucher of South Africa have cooled time on their international careers. can read you this article from Cricket365 about Taibu. Wow. Uh, I like it. Taking the whole thing in a new direction, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw it on Crickinfo, but I thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to cricket365.com just to see the look on Tony's face. <laughs> Taibu calls time on career. Former Zimbabwe captain Tatenda Taibu has announced his retirement from international cricket with immediate effect. Taibu has not played top-level cricket since injuring his finger against New Zealand in February but was on Monday included in Zimbabwe's provisional squad for September's World 2020. However, the 29-year-old has decided to call time on his career in order to focus on working in the church. Quote, I just feel that my true calling now lies in doing the Lord's work, said Taibu. 
and although I am fortunate and proud to have played for my country, the time has come for me to put my entire focus on that part of my life. The Harari-born player ends his 28 test career with a batting average of 30.31, while after 150 ODIs he walks away with an average of 29.25. There you go. He was very much earmarked for big things, wasn't he, uh, when he came into the side in what, sort of 2000, 2001? Very small, wasn't he? He was very small. He's still quite small. <laughs> yeah, he's not a big lad. Uh, but he was, you know, sort of seen as Andy Flowers' long-term successor. And he has been, and he's had a good career. Maybe not quite fulfilled his potential, but a lot of that has been down to the fact that Zimbabwe have, have not played very much international cricket, had a massive break from test cricket, which is a real shame for him. And, you know, obviously he feels that this is uh, something that he's got to do now. Um, but it's a shame that he's only 29 and Zimbabwe are now back playing test cricket and he's walking away from it. But there you go. He's made his decision, and I don't think anything that I say is going to change his mind. Um, Possibly you could have some influence over him. I don't like to underestimate my influence over Zimbabwe's cricketers, um, but perhaps in this case, uh, his mind is made up. And yeah, and Mark Boucher too uh, has retired from international cricket. He, uh, he sustained an eye injury in South Africa's uh, warm-up game against uh, Somerset. It was, a, it was a freak incident. I mean, freak doesn't, probably doesn't do it justice, does it? It's a freak, freak injury. <laughs> yeah, well put, so very, very eloquent. <laughs> Super freak. Uh, where the bat- a batsman was clean bowled and uh, Mark B- and Boucher standing behind the stumps. Mark Boucher, well, I don't know what he was doing back there. <laughs> uh, yeah, Boucher standing behind the stumps. The bale flicked up and, and caught him in the eye. And Words he- like lacerated were used. Oh, which it just, eye injuries just make my knees feel funny. <laughs> Painful. I, I can't, oh, it's horrible. Yeah. It makes me shiver. Well, um, I think, it, I think it, it cut his, where it's slashed, lacerated. Stop using the word lacerated. Uh, lacerated the, kind of the white of his eye. Oh, the part of the white. Well, he had to have, have surgery. surgery on it, yeah. And, I mean, hopefully it's nothing too serious yeah. and he, he does make a full recovery because it sounds pretty nasty. Um, but he has retired because he's, he's been ruled out of the test series with England and that was always going to be his last series he said that quite a long time ago so he departs from the scene with 999 international dismissals behind the wicket uh which is a bit of a bradman isn't it although as someone pointed out he does also have one test wicket um he's got a bowling average of six in test cricket which is quite remarkable really so in a sense he does have 1000 dismissals uh, but as a wicket keeper 999 which is the most in international history and to put that into perspective ms Dhoni, who's obviously been around a long time been a very successful wicketkeeper. He has 496 dismissals, which is less than half, if my maths is right, that number. How did you rate Boucher as a cricketer? Are you sad? To, <laughs> sorry to see him go. He's been around forever, hasn't he? I mean, well, I mean as far as I'm concerned, he's he is South Africa's wicketkeeper and always will be. Not to get too emotional. <laughs> I mean, he won't always. <laughs> he quite literally won't. But yeah, he's been around since. He was probably keeping wicket for South Africa when they first came to the first time they came to England in my lifetime. Um, are you saying that seriously? Because that's definitely not true. Um, <laughs> it feels that way. He made his test debut on the 17th of October 1997, which is a very long time ago. And it's only, um, what, three years after South Africa's first tour of England in the post-apartheid era. But they had uh, Dave Richardson, who's now... Um, so that's, that's only one tour out. Big cheese at the ICC. Uh, only one, only one tour out. That. You were only one tour out, that's true. Uh, yeah, but he's decent, isn't he? It wasn't really fantastic to watch with the bat. If you asked me to describe him in one word, it would be nuggety. <laughs> It's a good word for it. I mean, in some ways, his retirement, you could say, is overdue in the sense that I think he's been in decline for quite a long time now. He hasn't scored a test century since 2008. He's a very reliable gloveman still, but with the bat, he has been struggling yeah, a fantastic bit. Fantastic cricketer. Ooh, I mean, fantastic asset to South Africa for, for years, as we've discussed, we've quantified already. Since 97. Uh, but maybe, yeah, the last couple of kind of the last few years, 
who maybe hasn't felt quite so fresh as maybe uh, you know your, your Vernon Philanders and other players like that who have he kind of you feel have got a bit more spark. I don't know. He, he was just a kind of relic, really. <laughs> he was a little bit of a relic, and he has been struggling with the bat definitely. I suppose it's uh, it's to South Africa's credit that they haven't necessarily um, suffered as a result of that because Boucher has been such an important part of their team um, over the last however many years since 1997 <laughs> um, because uh, because he has been in the past involved in so many important partnerships with South Africa. Well, I mean, this is actually relatively recently, but the last time England went to South Africa in 2009 slash 10, Boucher just would not go away. He didn't make a century in that series, but he scored a lot of 50s and just would not get out. He was uh, a real thorn in England's side. And I think he is someone who used to really wind up opposition fans, both because, you know, he's a, maybe a bit of a spiky character, but also um, because he just doesn't get out and he just won't go away. And he doesn't look like he's very good, but <laughs> he continues to get runs. And I think every team needs one of those, don't they? And it's it's a mark of, of how good I think he has been, that there has been such a, an outpouring of, um, uh, of warm um, emotion following this announcement of his retirement from fans all around the world that he maybe wound people up during his career. But at the end of it, people go, oh, yeah, actually, he was a really, really good player. And South Africa are definitely going to miss him. Um, but they've got Tami Solakili, um, who made his debut back in 2004 against England and was pretty hopeless in that series. But he was very young then and has, has matured very much. And in the last three seasons of first-class cricket, he's averaged over 50. And I think it probably is time for him to get his chance now. But he won't play in the first test of this series, at least because uh, Gary Kirsten said that A.B. de Villiers is definitely going to get the gloves. De Villiers is an unbelievable athlete that he could be a wicketkeeper. He's perfectly capable of being a wicketkeeper. Whether he's as good as I am remains to be seen, though, at this moment, in form. Well, last night people were saying, you know, check your passport, Tone. Have yeah, you got a South African relative that you could, you, you could get yourself Africa, in the team? That's enough. Uh, <laughs> got attacked by an owl there, didn't you? I did, yeah, I had to kick it. We all remember that. Yeah, there's footage of that somewhere. <laughs> I'd love you to find that. Who is? So I make a horrific that. noise, <laughs> like a blood curdling kind of. Yeah, <laughs> well, I can't rec- recreate it, but I did make full contact. Boot on owl. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've told the story before. This was that it was at a what some kind of sanctuary, owl sanctuary. That you it's, not, just, it's not what you normally do in owl sancturies. That, that you were just beat look, up owls. That you were looking at an owl and it just suddenly it went for attacked me. Yeah. You. It was me or the owl. I'd have distinct advantage. That I had nice long legs with which to kick it. What was I going to say? It's me or the owl. That sounds like a like a Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> Program <laughs> like, title, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You're basically a disgusting human being, though, aren't you? Can't stop squeaking. Uh, Unless you've got anything more to say about Boucher, we can move no, on. No, move on. Right, side notes. Can you voucher for Boucher? <laughs> voucher, voucher. <laughs> That's definitely what he should do in his uh, yeah. in his retirement. It's set up a company, Boucher Vouchers. Coupon book or something. <laughs> like, a, no, like a Groupon yeah. type thing. Yeah, do some deep discounts on like yeah. Pizza Hut and stuff. <laughs> Just get, your, get yourself a Boucher Voucher. That wasn't, a, I don't know what accent that was. Right, well, you're going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to move on, Dave? <laughs> yeah, just looking, looking awkwardly. <laughs> I can do more of my South African accent if you want to. Well, as you may be able to tell, it's time for the side notes now, on which we discuss some of the more offbeat stories of the Cricketing Week. Basically, we just find articles around the web and elsewhere and, uh, and read them and maybe give you one line of comment. <laughs> uh, Padding out. Really. We're re- <laughs> the producer demands 40 minutes a week. And, uh, <laughs> and so we've got to come up with it from somewhere. Well, I've brought with me, Tim, what I can only describe as a magazine, uh, The Cricketer. Now, this 
article. I don't know if you'd call it an article necessarily. Um, but this is something that we've talked about doing, but haven't done because it would require actual work. Has on someone our part. done it? It's like a roundup of pointless Twitter posts from cricketers, um, and they do one a month. Mundane eleven Twitter turn off the eleven dullest things Twitter has taught us this month. They do it every month, but um, this month's edition is particularly mundane, I think. <laughs> uh, so just just give you some of these. So this is just things that cricketers have posted on Twitter. Stuart Broad's love for Cheryl Cole was reignited after seeing her new video. Graham Smith was wondering if anyone else wonders what they should tweet about and wanted to know what people wanted to know. Trent Johnston wasn't pleased Jedward carried the Olympic torch. I'm with him on that. (laughs) Graham Onions was kept awake by Paul Collingwood snoring. Harry Gurney wanted someone to bring him a cookie crumble. Scott Styrus misses The Sun when not in the UK, especially Dear Deirdre. That's the newspaper, The Sun, not the, not the, yeah, um, not the, not the star. I thought it was a weather gag, but yeah. Um, Gareth Andrew asked, how many sausages is too many? Reese Topley was disappointed with his toilet paper from Sainsbury's. <laughs> and Matt Pryor believes that Maltesers are underrated. <laughs> are you with him there, Tony? You're a big Maltesers well, man. I, mean, I think they're rated where they are, which is, well, it's one of the top chocolate brands it was like your calling card when, <laughs> when we were growing up you used to wherever you went you used to turn up with a packet of maltesers and a carton of ribena and wherever you'd been you'd, you'd leave <laughs> like if you came around my house you'd go and there'd just be you know there'd be a ribena carton stuffed in an empty malteser packet and like my mum would be like oh tony's been around again has he it was just how you knew that you'd been around <laughs> i hope i leave a better impression now uh, yeah, this, this this Olympic torch comes to Guernsey, doesn't it? So this Olympic torch. It's uh, this uh, <laughs> That's Olymp- Olympic torch. Have you heard of this? It you comes to Guernsey at the weekend. Great, except you're not going to be here. I'm away. Yeah, but uh, I'll I'll be I'll represent the World Creek Show. <laughs> <laughs> Are you running? Are you running? I've not been asked yet, and I'm quite surprised. Maybe I think they cricket. leave it. They do leave it to the last minute. Though, yeah. I think. See you pictures <laughs> up on the day. I mean, they could have obviously got a local cricketer, but maybe they'd want maybe more of a kind of cricket slash media personality. Could have gone for the one one of us. Maybe we could have done it together. It would have been really lame. <laughs> that would have been. But I'm really hoping that, that would have been adorable. Parachute it? in some joke celebrity to carry it, like they've done in various places around the UK. What? So you can heckle him? No, I'm hoping they don't. Oh, I thought you said you're hoping the whole thing. <laughs> like as much as I like Will I am, well, I don't want him carrying. The torch. How much do you like Will? Yeah, I, am? I think he's all right, but I don't want him carrying the torch. Yeah, Jedward is a bit desperate. Jedward, isn't likewise. It? Jedward is one of those phenomena that I think in like 20 years, people will look back on our decade and be like, what were they thinking? And the, the really annoying thing is that we weren't thinking that. I mean, like, <laughs> like I hate Jedward, but like my descendants are going to be like, God, <laughs> I can't believe they were into Jedward. You know, and I suppose it does make you wonder whether people actually did like certain things in the 70s that now seem ridiculous. Yeah, that's no, true. Like sideburns. <laughs> but then everyone seemed to have them. So. Um, and I got one more side note for you this week. Uh, it's an article that comes from TVNZ. TVNZ. Ryder Floors Talkback Host. Black Cap Jesse Ryder got a semblance of payback over outspoken radio host Mark Watson tonight, destroying him in a first round technical knockout in their corporate bout at Sky City Convention Centre. Watson has long criticised Ryder, whose off-field issues have been well-documented, on his radio show, but he had no response as the batsman launched a number of powerful right hands to the head of the 41-year-old. It was a classic mismatch, with Watson giving up a 10-kilo weight differential to his opponent, and it was evident that he was going to struggle early on 
as he hit the canvas less than a minute into the fight. Ryder forced the referee to intervene twice more in the round before Watson stumbled across the ring, clearly in no state to continue. Fantastic. There's something tremendously tragic about this story, <laughs> yeah. isn't there? For a number of different reasons. What is Mark Watson, whoever this bloke is, doing agreeing to fight Jesse Ryder? Why is Jesse Ryder challenging people who have <laughs> criticised him to fights? And I, I like the fact that this Ryder got a semblance of payback. <laughs> that suggests that there's more payback to be had. It feels like yeah, it's unfinished business. Oh, Ian Bell's out early. <laughs> After we talked about it. We picked him up. Ian Bell's fallen cheaply. Yeah, he's fallen cheaply. He's seven for one. If England lose this game, we're going to sound like idiots, aren't we? <laughs> Right, I reckon that's probably about all you're going to get from the World Cricket Show this week. You had a good one, Tane? I've really enjoyed it. You tired? Uh, you hungry? Both. <laughs> but uh, both of those things that I need are in sight, so I'm, I'm cheerful. <laughs> you made it to the end. Yeah, <laughs> a real grin has spread across your face <laughs> as soon as I said that's all no, I've, really, I've had a good time get. tonight, and thanks. Thanks for inviting me down. If you listened to last week's World Cricket Show, then you will know that I got myself a new iPhone last week it kind of sounded like we were being sponsored by apple so i was like yeah i've got a new macbook i've got a new iphone you're like yeah i've got an ipad <laughs> uh we're not being sponsored by apple uh, but i did as much as we want to get be. a new iphone last week and listeners are probably desperate to know how i'm getting on with it i've downloaded a number of apps have you heard of apps tone well familiar with them there's this one that i downloaded called i translate and i was talking to you about this the other day and I've been talking to everyone about it because I think it's ridiculous. I don't understand how it's not more of a big deal, how it hasn't made the news across the world. Because to me, it seems like a genuinely world-changing thing. This is slightly getting old, I think. <laughs> Why? And they have these internet phones now. <laughs> no, because you can, you can talk into your iPhone, right? And then it has a number of languages that it will just instantly translate that and say it. So, you know, you can be in a, a train station anywhere in the world. So you're in a train station in Tokyo. You can say, what time is the next train to Hiroshima? It'll give you the writing. And also you can just play it to the station attendant, which I think is just ridiculous. How is that not more of a big deal? It's, that changes everything. No more language barrier. No? You don't seem as impressed by this as I am. That's pretty impressive. It's like the universal translator from Star Trek is what that's like. I feel like the Betfair app I find to be more <laughs> impressive. Uh... What time is the next train to Tokyo? I get, go into a real radio voice when I do yeah. my translate. How do you know that's right? Well, I suppose you don't, but I've done it. I've, <laughs> well, I've, how do you know it's not saying, like, you are so ugly to look at <laughs> from where I'm standing? Which is <laughs> Take this customer for a ride. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He yeah. doesn't understand you. Yeah. No, it, it, might, it might not be uh, right, but uh, when I've done it into French or German, which are languages that I do understand, uh, it is right. So yeah. I guess you've just got to trust. you just got to trust it. Just... Even five years ago, that would have seemed impossibly futuristic. No? On iTranslate, there are however many different languages, but included among them are English UK and also English US and English Australian. And I like the idea that maybe you could, you know, you could translate from one to the other. So you could put it on the US setting and say... <laughs> Where are my trousers? And it'll come up with where are my pants and stuff like that. <laughs> and I thought it might be a useful app for uh, for World Cricket Show listeners. You know, maybe our listeners based in the US and Australia. You know, if they, if they ever don't understand what we're talking about, just play the podcast into I translate, <laughs> uh, and it'll uh, it'll translate it for you. Maybe when we start talking about like David Walliams and stuff, <laughs> it, might, yeah. it might translate it into a similar <laughs> similar Australian yeah. celebrity. Should we try it now? I don't think I don't think it actually does that though, which is a bit unfortunate. I think they've missed a trick there. Well, try it like a big gag. Yeah. So I'll put it on uh, Australia setting. Let's see. What, what should I say? Okay, hang on. Hello, my friend. 
How are you? Hello, my friend. How are you? Disappointing. <laughs> Slightly better than your accent, though. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, you know, good day. Yeah, it should yeah. do, really. That would be brilliant. Or if you said, like, put some fish in the oven, they would say, throw another shark on the barbie. Stuff like that. It could be great. Put some fish in the- <laughs> I really think you should put yourself forward for being the voice of the next kind of big translation app because I mean you could do everything yeah I could do English South African English New Zealand English Canadian I'm a man of many talents I mean they could just get South African (laughs) Canadian New Zealand people to do it Um, I mean if they're trying to do it on a budget though I mean let's not you are a budget option (laughs) it would be uh, all our thanks to iTranslate for sponsoring this week's show (laughs) not giving us any money for it anyway uh, that about does it for the World Cricket Show this week Uh, we'll be back next week where we'll be doing our definitive preview of the England v South Africa series. We did also promise that we'd be uh, uh, talking about Sri Lanka-Pakistan, but that series hasn't quite finished um, on the day that we're recording this. So we'll talk about that next week as well. And a whole lot more besides. No doubt I'll have found uh, a new app that I'll be amazed by. But in the interim, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at worldcricketshow at gmail.com. If you want to give us a call, you can't. Uh, but you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cricket show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter as well at twitter.com slash cricket show. Follow Tony on Twitter at Tony Cover, T O N Y C V double R. I'm going to start tweeting. <laughs> you say that every week. Soon. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes as well, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, we do really appreciate all of those. And if you go to our online website, www.cricketshow.net, you can buy a World Cricket Show t shirt. Um, they're selling well. But we've still got plenty left, so don't worry. They are still available. Um, I, I posted a, something on the on the Facebook page, just a little reminder to people in case they'd forgotten that T-shirts are still available. Uh, and Mitri commented on it, just saying simply, whelmed. That's one for the uh, for the long-time listener, isn't it, Tom? Yeah, although we did later find out that that was it's not really an original gag, is it? It appeared in, like, Clueless or... <laughs> it was a gag that you made that... Uh, wasn't really a gag. It's not. Can you not just be whelmed? You can be overwhelmed, underwhelmed. Can you not just be whelmed if it's as you expect it to be? Uh, but then one of our listeners wrote in saying that you just nicked that off 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. I don't think I nicked it. where you that... get most of your material. So <laughs> have a look at uh, Tony's Twitter account for more jokes from uh, late 90s comedies. And uh, But yeah, but buy a Welcome Show t-shirt. Go on. Why not? But yeah, that's it. We'll be back next week. Stay in school, everybody. Not quite holiday time yet. So, uh, Keep playing cricket keep playing cricket we'll be playing for Cobra Legends again I'll be uh, smashing the ball around for seven or eight runs probably right, I'm going to fade you out and see you soon everyone
just got an email there. Sorry. Right, Apologies fine, for that. <laughs> <laughs> I just checked my email. It's uh, oh look at that it's spam. It's constantly getting spam. <laughs> that laugh was. You're just betting there too. Possibly. <laughs> you don't want me to go into this, but I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. going to. So you have to get on with it. The other night when someone you're like oh we're going up to the podcast and uh, someone's like oh do you want to can you do the thing oh that was it it was like can you text people and organise the football and you're like well I'm going to the podcast Bayfield won't let me text of course Bayfield won't let you text <laughs> supposed to be doing a it's radio programme it's gag Bayfield <laughs> supposed to be making radio gold not texting Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.